0: Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, board gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here, back with another episode of Gumbo Live. It's episode number 133, Gumbo Live. The number one Facebook Live rated talk show in Madison, Wisconsin, dedicated to board gaming. Our special guest tonight, Tim Bernig, the brand ambassador for Thunderworks Games. Chat crew, you don't want to know what we've gone through to get him here tonight. We pulled out all the stops. This is gonna be an incredible night. We're ready for it. Punchboard Board Game Gumbo, a proud member of Punchboard Media. Hey, check out some of our other fine members, like Table for One. It's an as an avid solo board gamer. Frederick Schultz has a blog dedicated to written reviews, news, and articles highlighting the wonderful world of solo board gaming. Hey, this week, Table for One takes on a big topic, the root solo experience. Check that out, Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Hit us up on social media tonight, on Twitter or on Facebook. Or you can find us on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash BoardGameGumble, and we'll be looking for your questions in the chat. But enough blather. Before he disappears, let's get right to our special guest. Oh. Hey,
0: Tim. You hit the show. Oh, my gosh. BJ, has this not been just uh, a great example of what 2020 has been all about? Actually, <laughs> This is oh.
1: Oh, but we, we got you here. I almost don't want to touch any buttons just in case. No, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to do this. So, Tim, you and I have met at conventions, your presence on social media. Uh, you see, we see you at Gen Con, but there are some people out there that may be not familiar with Tim or with Thunderwork. Give us the elevator pitch. Who is Tim Burningham? What's yeah. Thunderwork's
0: games? Well, thanks BJ. First of all, thanks for having me on the show. And, uh, sorry. It's been such, such a pain, uh, the technology just was not working on my end. I'll take all the blame for it. I don't. I don't know what's going on. But so anyway, we're so we we've we've uh, at the last minute we're we're doing this on my phone, which of course is a terrible uh, video. So I apologize for that.
1: But, it looks great. It all right, thank looks
0: you. Great. And 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 people say I have a face for radio. So uh, <laughs> what, the, the less you can see, the better you're off. You are. So okay, let's talk about uh, about me. So as you mentioned, um, I'm the brand ambassador for. Thunderworks games. I've been working with Thunderworks for, I think, the last three years now. Um, And uh, Keith Mateka is uh, the brains behind Thunderworks games. Of course, many of you know Thunderworks from uh, games such as Roleplayer and Cartographers, probably our two biggest titles. Sure. Um, Lockup, and uh, before that, uh, Bullfrogs and... uh, um, blend Off, the, the, the two games that were Keith's first uh, published games for Thunderworks. Uh, been around since uh, 2016. Um, I've been uh, sort of, you know, given the job of promoting uh, the Thunderworks titles for Keith on social media, going to conventions, uh, sharing the, the Thunderworks love with uh, the fans, uh, doing demos in stores. Uh, and so forth. So, um, teaching games, just,
1: demoing games. Yeah, that's your specialty, right?
0: Yeah, that's my specialty. Um, just sharing the, the 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 joy of playing games, uh, and especially playing the Thunderworks
1: games. So, Tim, it's a live show, as you know. We got a bunch of people in the chat group already. Hey, Nick Hayes checking in. He says, "Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. Are the name father? Uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family right now. They got some family things they're dealing with, and uh, I know." I know I know that gaming is important, but it's also family. Family is the most important thing. So yeah, I, I just absolutely. want Steve to know that uh, he's a big part of the show, and I wish he was here tonight. He's going to be kind of hanging out in the chat room, uh, you know, keeping the chat room uh, lively. You know, Steve. Sometimes, sometimes we need people, right? Just to just to get through some of the tough times. But yeah, a couple other people checking in. Our favorite lefty rider out there, Patrick Newman. What's up, Patrick? Patrick the Traveler, all over the Gulf Coast. It seems like. And, hey, Seppi's going to be on the show, Stu. Seppi. And Seppi says, hey, he's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks, man. Yeah, so cool. I, gotta I love Seppi. I got to double check. I You know, I haven't played any of Seppi's games, so I'm looking forward oh. to visiting with him. I know. I'm looking forward to visiting with him. So, yeah, let me know.
0: Seppi's you know, uh, one of those people that's just infectious. His energy level up. Uh, I mean, I think I have a high energy level. Yeah, Seppi is like he's like up here.
1: <laughs> well, you know that's what we like on this show. We like yeah, high energy exactly. people. And so somebody somebody actually put me in touch with Seppi and said you got. I've seen your show. Yeah. You gotta have him on there. Yeah, uh, for sure. Oh, you know, it's the guys from um, it's guys from Honey Buzz. Yeah, Mike and not oh. Oh. who who put me yeah, in touch yeah. with it. So cool. Steve says it best. Happy December forty third. It still feels like twenty twenty sometimes.
0: Oh my gosh! Yes.
1: Hey, you. look, there's Nick's. Nick's got a company. He says, Role Player, one that's been on my want to play list for so long. Nick, you don't have to wait. Role Player Adventures is coming out, and Role Player Adventures has Role Player Universe. And we're going to be talking about it tonight, Tim. So let's not spoil yeah. that. We're, we're okay. That. Yeah. Jen Lee says, Happy New Year. Thank you for watching, Jen. We appreciate that. Oh, and Seppi says, Go, Banana Slugs. Go, Banana Slugs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Over there. Wow, all the way from the far side of the world, Thinker Themer is checking in. Not sure which one it is, but uh, hopefully it's the Themer one because I'm all about the theme, Tim. I'm all about <laughs> yes. the theme. Thinker Themer checking in. If you guys haven't checked out Thinker Themer's YouTube channels, two two ladies that have – one of them really likes the mechanics of the game mm-hmm. and her wife likes the theme of the game. So it's a good debate between the two of them as to which yeah. ones not, – not that which one's more important – Tim, speaking of that, though, let's put you on the spot. Thinker, okay. themer. Thinker, uh, themer.
0: Yeah, I, I'm definitely a themer. Um, I, I, I'm all about the immersion into a game. When a game really sucks me in, um, that's what I really get into it. That's one of the reasons why I really love roleplay so much. It It is a dice-drafting game, and there is a puzzle behind it. But when I'm doing it, I'm thinking about the character that I'm creating. It's just like when I'm back uh, in like middle school and high school, rolling up a, a Dungeons and Dragons character, um, I'm thinking about what this character is doing, what they're like, what's their motivation, what, uh, what are they afraid of? You know, uh, that's, that's the best part of it. So I really get into that part of the, the, the theme.
1: Well, I'm going to throw you know, a shout out. My buddy, Carlos Roy, who does all the graphics work for the gumbo, all the good video stuff. If you see really bad videos from board game gumbo, that's me. If you see the well-produced polished ones, that's Carlos. Carlos has a new game out, and it's called Super Roll Rider. If you like rolling rights, and I think you do, how about one where it's two people doing the old, you know, like the old Punch Out with Mike Tyson? Remember that? How about that in a little rolling right? And, write. and I, somehow he did it. You, you, you contra. You know, you, you, you try to get your your levels up and try to do a super punch out with the other guy. Of course, it's called Super uh, Roll Rider. So a little bit different, but check that out. I'm I'm the same one with you. I'm all about the theme. I, I want to see how the mechanics can tie back to the theme. My buddy Jason Dinger who designs um, ca- who designed Captains of the Gulf, a couple of games like that. If you know anything about him, he's yeah. looking for that, you know, how can I get something about fishing to be extrapolated into the theme? Yeah. And I love when games do that, Tim.
0: Yeah. Jason does a really good job of that and I that's that I think is the 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 real uh, holy grail of a game when you can integrate the theme so that the mechanics are a part of that theme. It feels like you're actually in the game. So um, that that really is the sweet spot, isn't it?
1: You know, I, I say I love theme too, though, but there's something about having a game like, like a Coimbra, for instance, whenever the mechanics are all just as the the word everybody uses is elegant whenever you don't feel the mechanics anymore and you're just rolling dice or picking dice or playing cards and things just kind of naturally happen and you you kind of almost see the way that they're happening even though it's not thematic from an immersion sense you're not being in, no I don't think Tim no one gets immersed in Portugal's history whenever you play Coimbra but right. but you get lost you kind of get lost in the mechanics. So I do see why Amy is the thinker. There, there is a part of me, but that themer is always the one that, that wants to win. You know, yeah, thinker,
0: thinker themer is uh, um uh, my, my new favorite of, uh, end of 2020, 2021. So looking oh, nice. forward to what they're, what they're doing. It's a great but, channel. And if they, if they weren't so far away, <laughs> we can send stuff to them a lot easier. I, I mean, yeah. uh, we we sent uh, stuff to Meeple University for role player adventures, and I don't think uh, we sent it to and Tarrant. Um, I think two months before, and it was right in the middle of the the first like pandemic lockdown. It took forever. They barely wow. got it in time, so.
1: Yeah, well, they put, you know, they're they're on the other side of the world. We're lucky we can find them there. So, yeah, Thinker Themer says, I love, Amy, that doesn't surprise me. Amy loves Corber. You know she's going to like those sweet mechanics. There was one other thing, though. You are a fixture at conventions when it comes to demoing or, I mean, it always seems like you're teaching or demoing or doing something. That's a tough job. I've done it for six or seven companies. I can tell you the first day is always the roughest. By the end of the fourth day, I feel better. What's your secret, Tim? How how can we be better teachers and demoers of games?
0: Well, I mean, I think the secret is to, first of all, when you play a game a lot or you've demoed a game a lot, it's really easy to sort of, you know, just expect that people are going to understand it. But you really have to step back and pretend like it's the first time that you've ever played it. What I like to start off with is giving people a sense for kind of what the end goal is, and then work backwards from it. So here's what you do to win. Here's what the win conditions are, and then work back uh, to the mechanics of the game. I like um, and I also like to throw in a couple of uh, a key pieces. Like here's some stuff that you might want to try for strategy. I feel like when you're teaching a game for the to first time players, um, it's always good to give them a, a kind of a little bit of a leg up, um, so that at least like they that. have a a direction. You know, they don't feel like they're like I have no idea where to start.
1: So don't spoil it for them, but maybe give them a hint about yeah, what they're looking
0: for, right? Just a couple things, you know, and then throughout the game to just uh, remind them. Hey, okay, now don't forget. There's going to be two more rounds, and you probably want to start doing, you know, so that they don't get caught off guard. It's just it's a better experience, um, especially when you're demoing a game. You know, we want people that are playing like a game like Lockup or role play adventures or, or cartographers to To kind of get a sense of like they want to be successful at it, really enjoy it, um, and and feel good about playing it. So um, you know if you're playing with your 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 game group uh, and uh, you're pretty competitive, you may do it a different way. <laughs> but but when it when it's uh, complete strangers and you really want them to get the best of the game, it's all right to sort of kind of throw them a couple of
1: freebies. Seppi wants to know. Do you ask them, you know, what's their, what's the way that they like to learn? What's their method before you, before you talk to them?
0: So if you're doing a, a group, uh, a smaller group, like at a game store, you, you kind of have that luxury, but it's, it's a little harder to do at a convention when you're kind of turning through the tables. Um, cause you may be at a table and somebody says, well, I just like to read the real, real book and somebody else is like, I like to be taught the game. We really don't have that option. just so like, okay, here's the real book and take a look at it. Um, but I think uh, if if you can kind of throw a couple of different things in to make sure that you're showing it visually on the board, that you're explaining it clearly for people who are auditory le- learners, um, you know, show some example for visual learners. Um, if somebody wants to read the rule book, well, maybe toss it to them after the game starts and let them look at it.
1: Yeah, but you do. You I think after a while you do kind of into it. You you can uh, kind of into it whether the person hears better, sees better, yes. or is one yeah. of those that says, "Hey, ju- just give me the dice. I, I'm I'm going to figure this out." I I had one. I was teaching um, Warcraft, uh, not Warcraft, uh, War Chest. Yeah, I was teaching <laughs> War Chest, and I had two super amazing players. Never played it before, and by the you know within thirty seconds or a minute, the the guy was like, "Hey, we got it." And he and his yeah. wife. I mean, they're binging and banging. I'm like, okay, wow. You know, they they just figured it out right away. They would ask me a couple of rules questions here and there, but they figured it out right away. So I think, I think after a while you get to kind of know the people and what they're looking for, right? right?
0: Some of the best uh, teaching experiences I've had too include um, adults and children at the table too, oh. and children learn differently than adults, but yet um, if you just teach it the same way um, – kids will pick up really quickly on it. So um, that's always fun too. You, you uh, have different age uh, levels, um, but always Nick, fun to do that. Nick
1: wanted to know, is there going to be a role player app? Any, any talk like that?
0: <laughs> okay, so apps. Uh, if you're familiar with app development, um, I will tell you, and I'm not, uh, but I've learned a little bit. It's very... Uh, expensive, it's very difficult, it takes a long time, and people expect the experience to be the same as the physical game. So some some games work very well with an app. So Cartographer is a good example. Very easy to do cartographers as an app. Um, now, I mean, easy meaning that it, it, you can develop it and it will look the same as the, the actual game.
1: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: Uh, role player is a little more difficult to do that. So, I mean, we have it on on Tabletopia, Tabletop Simulator, um, an app. Uh, never say never, but it's it's it would definitely be a harder one to do.
1: Yeah, I could see that. That would be a tough one. But there it is, Nick. Uh, there is no app for role player yet. Not but yet. You're not, you're not saying it'll never happen. Hey, Tim, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a drink from my Zion National Park glass because i was thinking you could tell us about parks hey bj from i got my guest here tim vernick from thunderworks games and he's played a beautiful game i've only played it on tts only because of covid i've got people that have it i just can't play it but you've played it so tell us about parks from keymaster games
0: yeah so um during uh, this, this last year and, 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 you know, obviously spending a lot more time at home and not having our game groups to, to play and play at stores. Um, I've been playing a lot with, with my family at home. And obviously that's something that um, is important, as we said before, playing with your family and spending time with family. Um, and sometimes finding a game that the whole family will enjoy <laughs> is really hard. Um, Parks was one I went all in on, on the Kickstarter and uh, got Parks and the, the Nightfall expansion. Uh, with the play mat and everything. And I just found that Parks is one of those games that is so beautiful and so peaceful. It was so perfect for a stressful 2020. Um, it, it reminded me a lot of uh, of um, Takedo in that way. It's had that sort of peaceful um, kind of feeling to it. It's just moving along, taking pictures, collecting these beautiful Audubon, uh, paintings of uh, the parks. Uh, yeah, it's just um, so my my daughter and my wife really really enjoy it. It's it's you know s- slightly competitive, but it isn't uh, really you know mean. Um, So it's a great kind of just relaxing family game. So we love to just get it out uh, after dinner and play it, or on a Sunday afternoon when we're just relaxing. Um, it's just one of those games that everybody just kind of calms down, gets you know, and and you can't travel, right? I mean we do a lot of outdoor activities and love to hike. And, but you know, you couldn't do yeah. that this year. So,
1: so it's nightfall expansion. I, I actually didn't even know it was out there. What, what is this about? So it's just
0: uh, like a little expansion
1: that just adds a little bit more to the game. So you get some
0: more parks cards, you get some more, uh, different things that you can use. So it just kind of adds a little bit. We've, we played with it a couple of times. Uh, mostly we just kind of played the, the base game, but, uh, I just knew I wanted to go all in on it because it's such a great game. And, and you know, um, Keymaster always does a great job with uh, production um, and the artwork. I mean, second to none. I mean, it's probably one of the most beautiful um, games that I've ever played.
1: It is uh, even even on the TTS. Now, I've seen yeah. in person. Um, actually, the weirdest thing, my local outfitter where I get my tinning, my camping gear and all that, pack and paddle, they sell parks. Like they yeah. They've got two or three copies. They played it on their YouTube channel before, um, so I—I I, I was that was weird. That was my two hobbies kind of crunching together. When I yeah. walked into the store one day and I look and there's two copies of Parks there. Good on Parks for doing that. The, I mean, Keymaster Games—they're getting out to those places. Maybe they're catching new people to the hobby. Do you think that Parks is accessible to people that are just getting into the hobby?
0: I, I think so. I think. Uh there's nothing uh, difficult about it mechanically. I think it's very easy to learn. Um, and as I said, it's, it's not overly competitive. So I feel like people can um, play with, you know, different skill levels and everybody feels like they're, they're doing something. Um, there's not a lot of downtime. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty, pretty simple. Um, so I think it is a good game. Uh, so we homeschool. So my daughter, uh, um, we use it as educational Tool as well. So as we go through the cards and uh, do a national park, um, we've got uh, some books at home about the national park. So we'll look up. Uh, oh, let's read about Zion National Park, or let's read about Arches National Park.
1: Right. You know the you your experience is a little different from mine. I play with my two nephews online. One's in Seattle and one's in uh, in uh, Maryland, and they're very competitive. They're twins. Right? <laughs> And when we played parks, it was four players, and it was a little cutthroat. <laughs> cutthroat in the way that if you play with really good, uh, ticket to ride players, the yeah. middle of the board gets really, really crowded, and yeah. people are watching each other. And t- there was a little bit of that, ooh, BJ wants that little spot. I think I'm gonna <laughs> get that spot there. So, I, and I like that. I want a little bit of uh, interaction. Yeah, yeah. As you said, it wasn't anything that wrecked your plans, you know?
0: Right yeah, I mean, if you're playing with really competitive people, they can turn any game into <laughs> into a take that game, right? Yeah. but I mean it doesn't it it doesn't have that. It, it's not like a head to head, you know, so um the other game that I've been playing a lot of is uh, unmatched um, from uh, restoration of mondo games. and uh, that is that is truly a player versus player head to head trying to knock the other person out there's there's it's all about the confrontation um
1: Tim Bernigan here on the show and we're talking spicy games and he's bringing up one that I want to talk about you've played unmatched and I think you've played the Bruce Lee expansion is that right yeah
0: yeah um well I'm I'm a a big Hong Kong kung fu movie buff from back in the day I mean I remember uh back in high school we'd get together with uh, all my friends and we'd rent Ah, uh, back in the day, from uh, um, the the video store, we'd go into Blockbuster and rent the you know these just crazy like Hong Kong like seventies and eighties Hong Kong movies. Um, so Bruce Lee, of course, huge Bruce Lee fan. So anything that I can play Bruce Lee is uh, is fun. And what I like about uh, about Unmatched is you can bring these head to head battles with just crazy combinations. So you can play Bruce Lee and you can play uh Bruce Lee versus Bigfoot. You know? yeah. Or you can play uh, Alice in Wonderland versus uh, um, you know uh, Robin Hood. Um so there's there's just no end to the combinations. But yeah Bruce Lee it's a it's a it's a great one. The artwork is great on the cards reminiscent of that sort of 70s Hong Kong uh, kind of feeling.
1: Do you do you have a, a favorite character so far that you've played?
0: Um no, I like just mixing them up, just like you know, uh, like I said, just pulling out crazy combinations and just seeing what you can come up with. So,
1: Jeremy uh, says Bruce Lee is the most OP character other than Little Red. And Little Red Riding Hood is not OP. <laughs> I love, By the way, I love Little Red Riding Hood. I don't know if it's OP. It's very lucky. That's the set that I've got out right there. Little Red Riding Hood versus Beowulf. Yeah. And whenever you're matching up the symbols on Little Red, oh man, she is tough to beat. Yeah, but if, That's- if if you're not matching up the symbols, you know, you're in trouble. I guess you need to play better, but go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say that's the thing about Unmatched is uh, each of the, the characters has a different style of play. So you have to learn how to optimize the play for that particular character. So if you, you may play um, Little Red Riding Hood one way and you're not going to play it the same way with uh, Bruce Lee. You know, so they, they each have their own strengths, their own combos um, And it, I mean, it feels like Street Fighter, right? You got to remember the combos, right?
1: So. Got to know the combos. And she's, yeah. she's definitely combo heavy. Yeah. I'd say, can you, I, I wasn't a Bruce Lee fan, but I loved Jackie Chan movies back in the 80s and 90s. Can you imagine Chuck Norris, Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, all of our action heroes? You got Stallone and all these people coming in. Yeah. I mean, Unmatched is unlimited. There's so many different ways they could go with this.
0: Yeah. I have a feeling that they're going to be bringing out uh, a whole lot for quite a while in the future. So there'll be different stuff going
1: on. Hey, kids playing, checking in, and they said, it's the tabletop version of Super Smash Bros. That's not, yes. you know, and they actually, supposedly with the newest set that's coming out, they're going to have some kind of three-player rules. So you play two yeah. players, three players, four players. I'll tell you, Un- unmatches is, is a blast. It, not so much on TTS, although we do play it on TTS sometimes. Not so much there. Steve will tell you that, it's a little bit wonky to play it on the computer. I much rather yeah. play, you know. I much rather play it live. I want yeah. to get these beautiful figures out, put them on the table, play really quickly with the cards. My son and I love playing one on one. I'm glad to hear that you guys like the Mac. It's, it's such a good, it's such a good two on two system. And yeah, look at that artwork, Tim.
0: I like it. I, I I like that style of illustration. So um, I, I find it's pretty cool and the. Um iconography is very easy to understand. It's not complicated. Oh, um reason. Yeah, the only thing I, I and I, I like them. The only thing that if I could change one thing, it would be maybe change the style of the the maps a little bit. Um okay. I don't know, may, just just my feeling
1: about well, let's it. talk about this map right here. So I don't know if you've seen the exact new maps, and I this is not a great shot of it, but this is a shot of the Beowulf versus uh little red uh map. On this side, it's got what you see as the normal map. And that's the big colors, the big reds, the big u- yellows, the big blues. And that helps you um, know what zone you're in. Because if you remember right, if you're a ranged weapon uh, fighter, you can hit anywhere in the zone, right? No, matter, no yeah. matter where you are. What is cool, and I don't think I have a good picture of this. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't. <clears throat> What's cool is on the back side of this, on the back side of this Beowulf board, when you flip it over, Ian O'Toole, who did the artwork for the for the map, took out all the colors and just put them into the rings.
0: Mm. So all
1: of a sudden, I got to admit, all of the maps look like big blobs of green, yellow, blue, and pink, right? But with this yeah. new way of doing it, where the colors are only in the rings, the map stands out again. And when we nice. play Beowulf on that flip side, it looks like the oh, – I don't remember my, my Beowulf history. I wish Steve was on the show because he could tell us. You know, Whatever that Grindelwald Hall or the Great Hall, whatever it is, it looks like the Great Hall with the doors and the tables and the chairs, and it brings out the Ian O'Toole artwork. I'll tell you, if you haven't seen Cobble and Fog, do you have Cobble and Fog?
0: Uh, I do not have that one. I I have seen it, but I have not uh, picked it up yet.
1: Gorgeous artwork on the boards, and we can't see it. Because you know it's it's covered by those splotches of color. It's, so.
0: it's got the the circles. Yeah.
1: I would love to see them do more of this with the uh, with the sets. Release some of these boards with that. But that's unmatched. Sounds like Bruce Lee has been uh, been a big hit for you. Have you played Bigfoot or Robin Hood or any of those other? Yep, characters? played
0: Bigfoot and Robin Hood. Yep, those. Are, they, I don't have the a um, uh, couple and fog, and I don't have uh the um, Jurassic uh, right? the Jurassic one. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, d- I haven't played or the, it Buffy. <laughs> or the Buffy. What's
0: that? the Buffy. I don't even know if the Buffy the Vampire Slayer one is even out yet.
1: I haven't. <laughs> yeah. yeah See, yeah, I don't have it. We should have a video out on it pretty soon. I have yeah. not gotten the chance to play it because Bradley, uh, Bradley has it. I need to get that copy back so I can play. My wa- The only reason I got it, I don't know anything about Buffy. Yeah, me either. I'm the biggest Buffy fans ever. Yeah. She loves. So, you know, she's not been a fan of the unmatched system. She likes other games. I was like, oh, you know what? Buffy is the one that she might want to play. Right. I'm looking yeah. forward. So. That's
0: what I think is great about the the, the system, too, is that introducing uh, these characters that will connect with people in a way that simply, you, know, I, you may really like Bruce Lee. Someone else may really like Buffy. Uh, can you imagine Bruce Lee versus Buffy? That'd be great.
1: <laughs> oh, we got to see that. So I can do that. BJ Morgan Grove. I've got my guest here, Tim Vernick from Thunderworks Games, and we're talking spicy hot games and – one of the one of the games that I just fell in love with last year. I'll be honest, Tim. Cartographers was okay for me. I mean, I liked it, but Heroes just made it a great game for me. Tell us about what's going on with Cartographers. Heroes. Are we going to see the actual physical copy this year?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Uh, it's it's coming um, now. Of course, uh, we're just trying to you know figure out when is the best time to get these out into to retail um, with the con schedule, but. Um, yeah, it'll be out. The plan is for it to be, uh, out, uh, Gen Con time if Gen Con happens this year. Um, but it'll certainly be out in stores. Um, and we'll have it available, uh, on our website for, for direct order as well. Tim, Um, I
1: love that front cover. I just love it. It, it, it gives the sense of, wow, this Royal cartographer is going out into the wilderness to, to map out the things, but there's danger in this box, Tim. Yeah. Oh, you've got a physical copy there. Oh, that looks gorgeous. Yeah. So
0: this is a slightly bigger box, but uh, it's essentially what it'll look like. So, um, yeah. I mean, the uh, the the play is essentially more of what people love about cartographers, but now with one added thing. So, obviously, for those of you who play cartographers, you're you're designing your map. You're trying to meet these these edicts that the queen has given, which are the scoring conditions plays over the four seasons uh, and from time to time these monsters uh appear and when you're playing uh around a table you pass your map to the person on your left or your right and they will draw monsters on your map which will ruin your day totally destroy your plans uh, and then when it reaches the end of a season you will score you will uh, subtract points for every square on the map that is uh, next to uh, a monster. So the goal is to go in and block in those monsters. Now with Cartographer's Heroes, we are adding new monsters and the so those monster rates and those monsters in Cartographer's Heroes have lasting effects, which mean that the effects will continue on in different ways and now you also have hero cards, so heroes will come out, and when you draw a hero card, that hero you'll draw it on the map, and it can, of course, fight the monsters that are around it, destroy those monsters, and you can cross them off, and they don't, uh, they don't have negative points um, on the next scoring round. So I don't you know have a way to.
1: Tim, I love the hero parts. I love the thought of it. it, It's almost like that double think. Oh, what is my opponent? Where, where's the best place on the map for them to put it? No, I'm going to put the hero here and that's Mm going to, you know, it, it just, it, it just brings a whole new level of excitement, I think, to building those maps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what we, what we tried to do. So it's not a, it's not an expansion. It is a standalone game. So you could just buy Cartographer's Heroes and play it. Without having cartographers, but if you have cartographers, put the two together, and boom! Now you can mix and match. Um, you have additional uh, uh, cards uh, that you can play, um, and it just adds more more variety. So I, I we know there's been tons of people playing cartographers uh, virtually over Zoom and all that with family and friends um, when they've been uh, stuck at home. Um, and so I think 2021 is going to be a great time. People are going to want more. Or cartographers, so of course, that's what we gave them. More cartographers.
1: One of the other things I liked about it, at least the box that you sent me, had this is it Nebulous? Am I pronouncing it right? Yep, had these Nebulous maps, and it was yep. double sided volcano maps. I played with Jay Bell, and Jay and I, we just loved the volcanoes. I don't know why they, I think, because. The way that they you know, kind of explode onto your board and keep growing, it was very dramatic. It, it really yeah. felt like, oh, my God, this volcano is going to take over my map.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's there's three uh, additional map packs that will be available to purchase separately, um, Neblis, Afro and Undercity. So for those uh, people that are already kind of uh, know the uh, role player universe, and uh, this is all a tie-in to Roleplayer Adventures, so people who play Roleplayer Adventures will recognize and get to know more about these different uh, parts of the universe of Ulos. Um, so, yeah, so we've got the, uh, the, the island. Um, we have the volcano. We have the dungeon, which is the undercity. Um, and just to give you a little uh, heads up, there are more map packs coming, so uh, we'll continue to develop those so that – there will be additional um, material for people to play. So Steve when you get Burl tired of
1: Jumbo Scoop, we have new maps coming out. Yeah, more maps, more maps, and that again—that's all part of that role player universe the, with the, the world. Universe. Yeah, so is, is that Keith Mateka's baby? Is he the one? Yeah, member, or is there someone yeah. else that's helping him flesh out the world?
0: Well, so I mean, it, it came from uh, Keith's imagination. The, the The birth of it came from role player, and uh, when Keith. Uh, designed role-player, it was a game that he designed with specific mechanics in mind, but he wanted to create uh, a universe that could kind of flesh it out. So um, develop that universe, um, you know, kind of like uh, Ryan Lockett has with uh, Above and Below, Near and Far, Um, you want to kind of create a world around these games. So Lockup also is in the the role-player universe. Um, Cartographers is in the role-player universe and role-player adventures is going to f- Kind of bring them all together because it's going to fill in the story Behind each of these locations each of the characters um, What's this world like so once you play through? Um, the role-player adventure so Keith's designed the game there have been other people that have added to it uh, James and Peter Ryan are a couple of the writers um, James and uh, Peter are brothers uh, James lives here in in Madison, Wisconsin, where um, uh, Thunderworks is uh, headquartered. He is a writer. Um, he is a uh, English professor um, here at UW Madison. So, um, and
1: a good he, writer, based on what I read yeah. from the role Player adventures. I, yeah. I loved all the story and the way that he developed. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Hey, there's Jay checking in. Jay, Jay, you just missed it. We were just talking about our plays of uh, of cartographers here. So when are you, do you have a timeline as to when people can expect this, this beautiful roll and write with all this new expansion, the standalone expansion comment uh, content to come out?
0: Uh, Yes, it's coming out uh, Gen Con. So it'll be out in August. Um, We've got pre-orders. So those will go out first, but it'll hit retail uh, probably in that uh, late July or August uh, timeframe. It'll be out whether or not Gen Con happens or not. It'll, it'll be out there, but Hopefully, if we're all uh, back at conventions, uh, everybody can get their their hands on it there as well.
1: BJF Morgan, I've got my guest here, Tim Burdick from Thunderworks Games. We're talking spicy hot games, and one of those is a game I got to play last year and has also had a super successful Kickstarter, and that's Roleplay Adventures by those those two brothers that have helped Keith flesh out the world. If you like rolling dice and you like the adventure part, Roleplay Adventures gives you both, Tim.
0: It gives you both. Yeah. So the, the birth of role-player adventures, I, I don't know if anybody, I, I happen to dig these out there. Do, do y'all remember sort of the create uh, choose your own adventure books? This is uh, the um, uh, Tunnels and Trolls. Tunnels and Trolls was uh, from the late seventies, early eighties, but there was also uh, the Dungeons and Dragons ones. Um, that's where role-player adventures came from. It's remembering those choose your own adventure style books where you make decisions and the decisions that you make, change the storyline so if you decide to fight the monster something happens if you decide to run away something else happens right Um, and in the midst of that we utilized the role player mechanic of the dice drafting so you're going to draw dice in order to uh, do skill checks or or uh, uh, to to fight uh, in battle so you're gonna have to get certain dice out of the bag and you're going to have skills that will allow you to change those dice rolls, either increasing them, or decreasing them. Um, so it has that same feeling to it all the time. The decisions that you make will change what the adventure does. So if you do certain thing and you fail your skill check in trying to negotiate with someone, well, now you have to turn to page whatever and you go to that page and read that entry. And now, Something else happens. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. Um, and uh so the, the storyline develops that, like that way. Over and, 12 different books. So there's 12 different adventures in the game.
1: And the decisions you make, Tim, sometimes they really come back. I mean, you in fact, when you make the decision, and there's a couple of times when I was playing those, I think it's the first three scenarios that I played, yeah. the first three books, which by the way, uh d fans from the 80s and 70s. They've got that kind of feel, like you're opening up a module and you're yeah. starting this whole adventure. I love that. That that made me very happy, Tim. But I remember a couple of times where I'm going, "Oh, I know if I make this decision here, there's there's going to be something down the road that's going to happen." And they're yeah. looking for some of those. I don't want to spoil anything, you know, for people. Just understand, there's more than just make a decision, you know, and then nothing happens. Remember, in above and below, it was kind of like you make a decision, it just happens in that that. That, that experience and then in near and far you know he, he took the world of ours game a little bigger because it felt like some of the things would would matter later on. Well role play adventures just puts that on steroids.
0: yeah so so when you make a certain decision to influence uh, something, you may uh, garner favor with one of the three factions or you may lose favor with uh, one of the factions And as the adventures develop, that favor or lack of favor is going to change the way that things develop. It is really amazing. It took, uh, it's, it's over really three years in the making because the amount of writing that it took and, uh, play testing, all of the pathways have to work, right? When you do these choose your own adventure books, uh, you have to make sure that you don't end up in an infinite loop or that, uh, the, the storyline doesn't end up, uh, just at a dead end. Right. So, um, you have to be sure that these stories all uh, interconnect and that these decisions uh, have real consequences. So it took a lot of time, but uh, the final product, uh, Roleplayer Adventures, is amazing. And people can pick this up and they have don't have to know anything about Roleplayer. They don't ever have to play any of the other games. It will be a campaign-style uh, game that they can play with uh, their friends. They can play it solo you can play it solo and then you can play with your friends because when you play it the second time the decisions that you make are going to be different and it's going to change uh, the outcome
1: yeah because you're going to you're going to have different influence with the three. Th- if i remember right three factions you know, it, different influence with them so the storyline could play what's yeah. this uh, picture that you sent me here is that is that new content for the adventures itself
0: Yes. Yeah, so there was a, uh, a an added uh, a kind of storyline that interconnects through all of the 12 adventure books that are in the base game um, that has a, a kind of a extra campaign um, that that was uh, part of the Kickstarter campaign and will be available um, separately for retail. Um, but it, it adds another dimension. And I'm sure it's no secret, you can imagine, right, we've created something that we can continue to write adventures for. And I'll give you a little bit of uh, – because we want some spice, right? We want we want to get with some spicy hotness. We'll uh, we are working on um, a digital uh, platform that will allow people to create their own adventures. Ooh. So, so there, there will be a, a, a kind of um, – Companion app that they will be able to develop a map, develop certain uh, scenarios, um, so a kind of creating tool. You don't maybe you just like to play the game and play the adventures somebody else wrote, but a lot of us may want to, you know, create our own. So we're going to have that uh, digital implementation that allow people to create those. And this scenarios and
1: stuff. it's going to go back for some people, but there was a, a computer game called Neverwinter Nights, and I just yeah. loved that thing. But what I really liked about it is fans would create – it was a, kind yeah. of an open, open source. Fans would create these modules that you could then take your characters in to play these little scenarios. And some of them just deviated far away from the Neverwinter Nights campaign. I mean, it was just these new types of uh, campaigns you could follow. So good. Yeah. I love the idea of – you're, you're allowing the fans to develop and create these new role-play adventures?
0: Yeah, Keith has always been um, really open to, to fan-based uh, um, stuff. And uh, so, I mean, you just go on to any of our games on BGG, and you'll see uh, there's fans developing uh, solo challenges for role players. So we've got a couple of super fans that are uh, creating these monthly solo challenges, giving a set of uh, uh, kind of format, uh, different things that you'll start off with, different dice you'll start off with and see what you can do. Um, and uh, it's so that's all about, you know, fans creating maps for uh, cartographers. Um, he's all about it. You know, if, if people love a game, um, they want to to take it a step further, great. We love it. You know, go for it.
1: And that's role player Adventures. What's the timeline? When, when are we expecting that to get to the Kickstarter backers?
0: That will be the same time. So that should be a, a Gen Con as well.
1: Big, big, big releases this summer. Yeah. BJ from Morgan Gumbo, I've got my guest here, Tim Burdick from Thunderworks Games, and we're talking spicy hot games and another game. Look, this is going to get me super excited. You put a theme park. And Vincent Dutray, <laughs> you don't give me anything else, Tim. This is all you showed me. And I was like, okay, we got to talk about this game tonight. Tell me about theme parks. I can't find anything yeah. on the internet. It's like, I, I want to know, Tim. Give us a show.
0: <laughs> well, so the reason you don't see very much is that there isn't a whole lot to show yet. So we, we're we already working on the art. And as you know, Vincent Dutre's artwork is amazing. Um, okay. And uh, Vincent Dutre, I'll say, talented artist and like all artists works uh on a timeline that is different than everyone else right (laughs) um you can't you can't uh rush creativity and i you can't look look at this man (laughs) so so of course his his work is amazing now the designer for this uh is a brand new designer no other designs before um so but uh keith uh picked up this up uh, um, when somebody uh, sent it to him, and uh, his name is Nate Linhart, uh, and he just fell in love with it. It's a great game. So we've, we've been developing it since uh, back early uh, – well, late 2019, early 2020.
1: Um, was, was it always theme parks, or did, did it morph into uh, that when he picked it up?
0: Yes, um, there was some talk of like, could we make it into the role player universe? But not everything fits in the role player universe. So uh, um, this is one that uh, we just felt it. It theme park was a, a great, um, a great theme for it. And so it is, of course, it's a city building game where you are going to be developing your own theme park, building roller coasters and amusement uh, rides and concession stands and. Uh, you know, crazy wild like carnies. No, I made that last part up. There's no crazy wild out carnies.
1: And then, you know, something happens depending on what you decide. Right? <laughs> no, so this, behind the line, Jeremy. I'm right. Right. No, so, no.
0: Yeah, so this, one's, this this it's got, uh, you know, tiling where you're going to have certain, like, sort of polyamino tiles that you're going to have to fit together. um mm-hmm.
1: Troller coasters. Oh my
0: god!
1: (laughs) He's trying to fit this into the role player universe.
0: Yes, I know. I know. We 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 we've tried to do that as well. But so there's yeah. So it's uh, there is a BGG entry for it. So if you want to go out, there's a little bit of stuff on there. Not very much. Um, This one, we we don't have a date for it. Uh, Probably going to be uh, late 2021, early 2022. Um, Or
1: right to retail. Um, this one, I think, well, he's obviously on. a stretch goal. <laughs> yeah, I th- I'm not sure on this. I, I want to say, I,
0: I, I think I may be getting confused with uh, Kate May, which is going to be straight to retail. I think this one is going to be kickstarted. Um, but it'll, it, you know, either way, uh, we'll, we'll have it pre-order on our, our website yeah. as well.
1: Work, it is work placement, and it's a little bit of tile building, right? And you're building yep, yep. out your theme park and competitors in competition with others, or is it one yes. big theme park that we're all building?
0: No, you're 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 all going to be uh, you're you're building your own park. Yeah, you're building your own park.
1: Hey, Fiona's um, checking in, hello, Fiona. Look, we're looking at theme parks. Take a look. <laughs> so each each player is building out their own theme park.
0: Can yeah. It goes over five rounds, five years, um, and uh, there's um, a kind of um, uh, there will be a, a limited number of tiles that will be available that people can purchase and then place them. Um, and placement, obviously, uh, optimal placement is important on your board. Um, so it 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 kind of has that. Uh, uh, it, that part of it reminds me of a uh, baron park. If you play baron park, um, feels like that you're kind of, but,
1: um, I'm looking at this cover and is this cover giving us any hints a little bit as to what's going on? There's, there's kind of some <laughs> roller coasters there and some midway yes. rides there. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you'll get to choose. Do you, do you, do you build a uh, wooden roller coaster or do you build this, the steel roller coaster? Do you, um, do you, do you build a, uh, the, the, you know the the concession stand uh, or outdoor uh, dining food court. You know, so all these kinds of choices. Um, we'll, well, one we'll, of favorite uh,
1: determine the favorite games ever was Roller Coaster Tycoon. I don't know if you ever yeah. played the Roller Coaster Tycoon, and that was just just the decision to which coasters to put in and what concessions to put in. I just yep. love that love that game. I'm still looking for that game that does it well. Maybe theme parks is the one, right? Right
0: them. Good. That, that I, I I had that same feeling when I uh, did the playtesting. I felt uh, it felt like that uh, roller coaster tycoon. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So theme parks. We're gonna keep our eye out for it. Jeremy can play it after me, though. Come on, the let's, let's <laughs> uh, pecking order. I'm, I'm out here. No, I, I, Jeremy actually wants to play together. So that would be fun. BJ for more game gumbo. I've got my guest here, Tim Burning. We're talking spicy hot games from Thunderworks Games and one of those that has the internet buzzing just based on a cover because it's gorgeous. It's from uh, Michael Menzel, I think, right? Yes. Cape May. Chat crew, take a look at this cover. If you yes. if you can't see what's going on with this, let me solo it here. I just love the perspective that Menzel used for the game. There's kinetic right there in the cover, Tim. But yeah. I want to know, what's the game about? Because we can talk yeah. a beautiful cover all you want, but what's the game about
0: So uh, Cape May, um, this one is going to be uh, straight to retail. We will do a pre-order. It will not be a Kickstarter campaign. Um, It's also by a first time uh, designer, uh, Eric Mosso. Eric Mosso and his wife uh, frequently go to Cape May, New Jersey. Um, Cape May is an actual place. It's a historical seaside uh, um, town in New Jersey with an iconic uh, lighthouse. So the lighthouse plays a very important role in the game. The the lighthouse, uh, we will have a beautiful three-dimensional lighthouse uh, figure that will um, be in the game that uh, you'll be able to to put on the board. And uh, it'll be overlooking the the town of Cape May. Um, It is also a city building game, um, also an economic game. Uh, So... You will have cards that have movement, a uh, number of movement spaces on it. Um, you will move throughout the city of Cape May, developing, um, uh, uh, you build a house, you'll build a business. You will take that house or business and upgrade it to a Victorian house, upgrade your business to uh, a, a, a larger uh, business, and that will give you more money, which will then in turn allow you to develop more properties um, on the map. So you're trying to build a different
1: building, right? What's that? A little bit of an economic engine building along with the top building, right?
0: Yeah. And also the the strategy of where you're going to build. So do you build uh, farther from the seashore um, or do you build right on the boardwalk? Right. So um, and you will have each each player will have a, a, a secret objective that they're trying to um, reach to to get points as well as scoring for how many landmarks that you've built. Um, and uh, the landmarks we we have these great little uh, fences. It's a kind of three D platform with a, a fence around it uh, because the real uh, beautiful Victorian homes in Cape May have these gorgeous uh, kind of white picket fences around them. So that's kind of how we determine the landmark um, for each of those. So. Yeah, it's uh, a fun little game. Very beautiful. The the map is, I think, going to catch a lot of eyes. Uh, obviously, um, the Michael Menzel artwork on the cards. It is historic. So there are event cards in the deck that each round of events cards will come out. And those events are true to the history of Cape May. Um, so people who, who like uh, history will will find that the tie-in. Um, I've talked people to people that...
1: Nature and sight, you know, as well as sightseeing, because apparently Kate May, as you can see from the from the cover, there's birding everywhere. Yeah. Is is there is there some things like that about nature?
0: Yeah, there's birds in there. So uh there's a, a set collection of birds. You'll collect bird tokens and try to get uh, points for collecting the birds. And each of those bird tokens has different birds on
1: them. So, well, Rod, the designers really know this this area well, and they're paying a beautiful homage to their to their place, their favorite place, yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so 2021 um, and uh, 2022 is going to be uh, about stretching the the Thunderworks catalog a little bit, uh, introducing some games. From some first-time designers, but I, I think these are some great games that people are really going to enjoy. They're not in the role player universe, but um, you know they they are going to be uh, fun games for people to to add to their collection. Um, and don't worry, we we've, we've got role player and cartographer stuff coming, so those people will get their fix as well. So um, you know, 2020 was a big year for us. Really successful Kickstarter for Heroes, great Kickstarter uh, for um, role player adventures. Um, 2021, uh, those games are going to hit the wild and, uh, other games coming behind them. So, um, continues to be, a, a, a lot of, uh, positive buzz. Um, and we're really excited about what's, what's to come.
1: Do you know how heavy Kate May is going to be? How, how, um,
0: how... Yeah. So I have a hard time with weight. Uh, I'm going to probably
1: maybe compare it to other games.
0: Yeah, i'm just trying to think what it would be similar to
1: you know i'm thinking of agra was uh another Michael menzel artwork and yeah that, so so heavy for me at least
0: i'm gonna just take a i wonder what agra uh is for weight let me just take a quick if i use the bgg so uh, agra is according to BGG, is pretty heavy it's like 4.37 we have yeah, I'm gonna say probably this is this isn't that heavy. I would say it's probably, you know, three and a half, maybe pushing three seven five. I don't know.
1: Okay, so yeah, more more medium, medium heavy. That's gonna make yeah. up, our friend Philip Millman very very happy there. Yeah, yeah. Have you played uh, Rogers of the Ganges? Uh
0: No, that is one I have not had a chance to play.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if maybe it's uh, tied into that. Jay was thinking, what about that one there? All yeah. right, it's Kate May. We're going to be looking out for it. The internet was a buzz when that cover came out. Let's see what the gameplay is. First time designer from Thunderworks Games. Like as you said, stretch the catalog a little bit, looking at yeah. some some cl- more classic euros and you, you got me excited about what's coming out there. So that is going to be good. All right, hey, Tim, this is a board game show. And if we're a board game show, we got to play a game on the board game show, right? Okay. All right. Yeah. Good gonna play a quick game. It's a game. Normally, I have Steve on uh, to talk about it. Um, it's the envy game, and the envy game. It's just a it's just a Cajun word that means a hankering, a hunk. You know, something you really want. Something a game that you really want to play. Maybe jonesing would be a word that, or a hankering. We say you have an envy for doing that uh, down here. So I'm I'm hoping that you've got a game for us that's got a that you've got an envy for. And we're going to try to guess it, so don't tell us what it is. I'm you're not ready. going to tell you. Okay, good. <clears throat> so Steve's playing the Envy, and uh, Seppi, you're going to have to help us out. Get those questions out there. So I'm going to get my questions. Do you understand the rules of the game? Pretty simple, right?
0: Yep, yeah, I'm ready to go.
1: It's roughly about 20 questions, but, you know, give or take. the. Well, I'm going to be competing against the chat crew uh Verla's out there in the chat, too. So I'll be competing against Stephen Verla this time. So I'm sure I'll get smoked. But let's see. First question I always ask, though. Try to narrow it down a little bit. Is it okay competitive or is it a cooperative game? I can, <laughs> let me guess that it's a competitive game. Okay. So here's the
0: deal. This is what makes this tricky. The answer is yes to both.
1: Oh, it's, it's cooperative until it's until it's competitive. Maybe all right, Jack. Truly, hmm. Steve wants to know: Has it been published in the last five years? In other words, not um, like, different, like it, it's a game that just came out in the last five years?
0: Uh, no, it has been republished though within the mm-hmm. last five years.
1: So it's been republished. So it's an older game. Steve wants to know: Does it have a hidden traitor? no not a hidden traitor okay so not a shadows of camelot or something like that all right nope um Seppi says nemesis he thinks he's got it
0: uh no that is not correct good try Seppi.
1: not correct fiona wants to know would you consider it a semi-co-op
0: hmm. um under my definition of semi-co-op yes
1: okay he said it
0: is cooperative until it isn't <laughs> so I mean I guess my definition of semi co-op <clears throat> there is a winner however players can cooperate during most of the game but at the final end there is only one winner
1: like oh I was going to say so that's not betrayal of, uh, the ho- betrayal of the house on the hill no it is not, not. not okay so we're talking at the final Oh, what you know castle panic used to do that it was cooperative but then if you kept, you know, you, one of the ways you could play it, we normally didn't do that, but you could keep score of how many points you collected against other people. So it's not Catholic panic, right? Nope. No.
0: And, uh, it's a, it, the winner is clearer than, than that. It isn't uh, whoever had the most
1: points at the end. So Verla wants to know, is it an award winner? Uh, uh have that BGG page ready for her. <laughs> <She's> yes, gonna-
0: <laughs> I, I do. um, I don't think so, but uh, it is definitely a, uh, a game that has uh, been around and has received, I think, quite a lot of buzz.
1: Does it have Vincent Dutrade art? Uh, it does not. Oh, so it's Atlantis Rising then. Sorry. Right? Not That's not right? Not Atlantis Rising?
0: It is not Atlantis Rising.
1: CEPI is positive. It's B, oh, sorry, B-S-G, not B-G-S, but Battlestar Galactica. Is it Binks, um, Bears, or Battlestar Galactica?
0: So, uh, no, it's not, although that's a pretty good guess. But, uh, no, it's it's not Battlestar Galactica.
1: B, ooh, you're getting closer. All right, so just to recap, um, we've got something that Tim says kind of feels semi-coop. It's, co- it's, com- it's cooperative until it's competitive at the end, and there's one <laughs> clear winner. It is not within the last five years, although it did get a reprint. Uh, let's see, D- does it have a board, an actual board, or is it more card based?
0: No, it, it has a board, and the board is beautiful. I really enjoy the board. Uh, it's a good size board, it takes up a, a, a good piece of real estate.
1: A good size board, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, is it by a European designer? Um. Oh, good question. Bro. Yes. Oh, ah, is it one of the Brunos? No. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was trying to think if Mystery Abbey had. That's not competitive. That's all competitive. There's no. There's no cooperative part to it. Okay. Hmm. Any other questions, Checker? Let's see. Um. Oh, and just
0: oh, and cool. just so you know, uh, I mean, this is a game that uh, I regularly play. So it's it's and it's widely available. Um, so it's not anything that's too uh, obscure. It's not out of print. Uh, you can pick it up now. Yeah,
1: yeah so pretty pretty easy to find. Uh, beautiful art, beautiful board, a larger board. So is there a racing element to it? Um, in that you're
0: trying to. Uh, you mean racing, like as in vehicles, or racing as in trying to beat other no. people?
1: Yeah, just racing to a point, or racing to a place, or some kind of.
0: Okay. Yes, it yes, absolutely.
1: Hmm. Does does Jamaica have any kind of is it Jamaica? No. It is not. Uh Jay wants to know, are there any dice?
0: Uh yes, there are.
1: Ooh, Jay's getting closer. Hmm. So so recapping, we have got a European designer. It's something pretty readily available. In fact, it's still in print. Uh, it's got dice, got a beautiful board. Uh, what's a, what's the play time on it? Is it under? Uh, is it, you know, one of those one-hour wonder type things?
0: Um, I would say, depending on player count, uh, between an hour and two
1: hours. An hour and two hours. Fiona wants to know, does it have any trains in it?
0: No trains. Not the
1: trains. You hesitated what does that mean that I had
0: to think for a minute if uh if there's no mechanic of a train on there I was just trying to think if there were any trains illustrated on the board I I don't think so
1: are there any miniatures are there any minis uh
0: no uh there are just uh the little um standing uh little round uh meeple with just the old uh, the old style meeple
1: oh the old style meeples okay uh, Jay wants to know how many players does it go up to? Yeah, it'll play up to six. Wow, that's a that's a big play count. Six. Does anyone die in it? Um, their player in elimination? Uh, no, not really. No. No, it does not. Wow, you're stumping. Does it have any expansions? <laughs> Uh, no, it does not. No expansion, Steve. You got anything, Verla? We are. Um, wow. Uh, it's, if, it's, it's would big. you
0: like a Would you like a little hint?
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit of a hint. Okay.
0: Um, it, it is a historical game, but it is not a war game in that sense.
1: Okay. Historical, but not a war game. So it's not Memoir 44. No. Um And that plays up to eight. So it yeah. wouldn't be that either. Oh, let's see. And that's not really cooperative. Well, well, well. It's not Shadows of a Camelot. Oh, co- cooperative until it's not. Letters at Whitechapel? Is that if you want to no. know? No. You, you have stumped but board game, game brain. Yeah, well, but Steve's still only clue. Is it is it in the top one top two hundred of BGG? Uh, I do not
0: believe so. No, it is not.
1: Historical, as in like a fantasy type theme or an actual historical theme.
0: Yeah, I'll give you the time frame. Uh, World War II. but again, not a war game.
1: Not a war per game. se. Not a war game. Twilight Struggle doesn't play up to that many people. Wow, I'm telling you that, and and it's readily available, right? Yep, readily available. Man, wow, I am. I'm telling you, I am stumped on this one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kick myself, Tim, because I'm sure it's pretty easy. Oh man, does it have any cards in it at all? Yes, it does. Do players have an individual deck?
0: uh
1: and you draw cards out
0: yeah you 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 pick up cards uh at various points and those cards uh are in your hand but can be uh traded uh among other players hence the cooperative nature of it
1: interesting this Fiona says this war of mine
0: no um that's a good guess uh not quite no
1: yeah and that's world war 1 if i remember right uh but,
0: this one uh, of no. mine actually is um the uh uh after no it's it's more like the the 1980s 1990s uh eastern europe
1: what's the one that i'm thinking of where it's world war 1 it has the cartoon art to it you have the little bullets
0: uh yeah that's um uh i know it's, i can't think of it off the top of my head either I, the grizzled grizzled
1: the Grizzled, that's what yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. She said those were on yeah. two totally different games, you're right. Yeah, yeah, two totally different games. All right, uh, yeah, the Grizzled. Thanks, thank you. Stan. Well, I let me know if you want more hints. Yeah, let me just see if there's any other questions I hadn't thought of. Um, wow, no, I am man, I am. Uh, would you Would you consider this a Euro style game? Uh, no, not at all. No. So it's a trash then. Um, hybrid, yes.
0: Uh, so the main mechanic of it uh, is roll and move. Fortune and glory? No,
1: no. I was I was thinking fortune and glory. That's not really World War II though. Uh, world War II theme. It's roll and move with a world with a World War II theme. Chat crew, I think I'm gonna have to call this one. I, I think. All... <laughs> Steve, what do you think, man? I can see your face. You look Did like I you, don't you? do You
0: want a publisher? I give you a publisher. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Give us a publisher.
0: All right. Wow. Uh, it was published. It's published by Osprey Games. Okay, Osprey Games. Let me think. The original designer in 1973 was a general during uh. Was a British, um, sorry, major. Excuse me, a a British army major.
1: Wow, I, I'm gonna, I'm literally gonna kick myself whenever you say the name. <laughs> I, I, I just don't. Know.
0: It's probably that a lot of people don't play it. I think it is a game that um, is underappreciated. A lot of people don't, um, may never have even tried it because it seems so old school. But it is a lot of fun. You want it? You want the yep. title? give it to it, it is escape from colditz
1: from colditz yeah we were just made it i know i was just uh talking with somebody about this uh not that not that long ago um i want to say marty and tony were playing yeah. it maybe recently and and we're talking about it maybe on the show escape from colditz i've yeah. ne- i've actually never seen it in the wild i know the game I've yeah. just, I've just never played it. So, tell us about Escape from Colditz. What, what's, what's, the, what's the main thrust of the game?
0: Yeah. So, uh, it, it is uh, y- you are playing uh, Allied soldiers uh, that are prisoners of war in uh, the Colditz prison, um, and so the, the, the reason it's semi-cooperative. One player plays uh, the German guards. Everyone else plays the Allied prisoners. The goal of the game is to escape from the colditz prison, and uh, the winner is the first person to escape. So it's cooperative in the sense that everyone is trying to escape up until the point in which uh, someone really gets the breakaway, and then it's every man and woman from themselves. All the time, the, the German guards are trying to lock them up and send them into solitary confinement which then brings them back to sort of the, the prison cell. So it's a roll and move, so you roll dice, but it's, it's a little bit more complicated than that because you're rolling and then you can split up your, your movement on your different pawns. So you may move one pawn, two spaces, another five spaces, whatever. Um, so you've got to kind of balance it out. And then you're collecting items. Um, maybe you get uh, a crowbar, you pick up a screwdriver, you pick up uh, a radio code, um, and all the time you're trying to get these items together so that you can get out, cut through the wire, hop, uh, into, there's a car that's outside that if you can get into the car, you cruise to the checkpoint and you're free and, and off you go.
1: I think it was the secret ball. Now that I say it, was it was the secret ball recently that was talking about playing an old classic, Escape from Colditz.
0: Well, I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't put it past them. So yeah. yeah,
1: it sounds like a lot of fun. You've been playing it with the family a lot. Um, so this is one that I haven't
0: played recently because I t- typically like to play this with a, a larger group. Um, it's it's a really fun game when you get uh, a group of people to play it, um, and it plays. Uh, I really like it with uh, six players because you have five. Uh, that are the the prisoners and one that's the um the guards and um everybody's everybody's fighting to get out
1: well you stumped us and oh <laughs> man is, is a great that was a great one we we hadn't had that one on that uh <laughs> jay says what's that other prison breakout game that we've been playing lock up by, Thunderworks, <laughs> yeah,
0: by there you go.
1: now if I remember right with lockup Stan had brought a game that was had a different theme and you guys kind of we were able to bring it into the role play universe.
0: Yes, that's right. That's right. That, and
1: that game surprised me. That game absolutely surprised me as to how much fun that thing yeah. was. Oh, man,
0: that one really, uh, I think, got overshadowed with, by cartographers because it came out at the same time and cartographers was more uh, accessible. So I think people picked up on that one and Lockup just sort of got left in the shadows. But Lockup has some really cool. Um, you know, worker placement, majority kind of mechanisms in there with a blind bidding. Um, blind and, bidding yeah. is so delicious. Yeah. And when you mentioned that, we actually, we have a, a an expansion that Stan has been working on for us. Um, the working title, I think, is, I'm trying to remember, Breakout or something. Um, and uh, that one, we don't have a date on. Uh, it's sort of, you know, 2020 has been hard to, to really do a lot of play testing, and Stan's been busy, but Stan's right uh, here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, not far from us, and uh, so we're neighbors. So we like I'll, to. Uh,
1: to Jeremy Howard, to Jeremy Howard's the one who turned us on to st- uh, Stan Credence's yeah. games, and and yeah. he just keeps coming out uh, with just game after game. And I actually, think like every game seems to get better and better. So I'm yeah. I can't wait to see what he's going to do with Breakout. Lockup itself is a great game. I can't, you know, I can't wait to see what what he's going to come out with the new expansion. So yeah. we'll look for that in a year or two. Breakout. Maybe get some sneak peeks as we're going along. Sure thing. We've got Dennis K. Chan, the designer of Beyond the Sun, coming in next week from Rio Grande Games. Can't wait to do that. I'm BJ Board Game Gumbo. And until next time, Tim, Les le bon temps roule. Thanks for listening. Gumbo Live is produced by BJ Rosa
0: and the name father, Steve O'Rourke, with editing by Sean Jones. You can find more Board Game Gumbo content by checking out our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter feed at Board Game Gumbo. Or visit the Board Game Gumbo blog at BoardGameGumbo.com. Hey, this is Patrick. And this is Eric. From Patrick, Patrick and, and Eric, Eric in, in the morning. morning. Join us every now and again for about a half an hour as we freeform chat about whatever's on our minds and how it all relates back to our favorite hobby, board gaming. Patrick
1: and Eric in the Morning can be found on the What Did You Play This Week podcast feed and on the Punchboard Media site. Happy listening.